Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And again, welcome everyone here at the Warren Campus, everyone online, everyone watching on demand in the future, all the guys at TCI Correctional Facility, our TV audience, welcome to everybody. And guys, uh, I'm really excited about this second lesson. I titled it Changing Words, Changing Words, Twofold Meaning. Uh, One, real simple, we can change the words that come out of our mouth, but also that our words can literally change people and your words can change people. So in my next lesson, I'm going to talk about how we can speak words of life to ourselves. That's our next lesson. And then I'm going to also teach a, a whole other lesson on how our words can become a weapon and, and they can put the enemy on the run. They can do amazing things in our lives. But today we want to talk about how our words can impact others around us and how powerful they are. So I want to begin with a Joe story. I might have shared it once before, but I'll hit it from a different angle and just set this lesson up. And so I'll share the positive side first. Um, I went to Bolingdale Elementary School, Highland School, and then I went over to to St. James, but uh, they didn't have a kindergarten. So I went to Bolingdale. And so I had a teacher, Mrs. Erskine. I still remember her name. Uh, She was so, such an incredible impact in my life. And so I remember going to kindergarten, you're nervous, you're afraid. And, uh, And I was an introvert, but man, she... She just spoke all these words of affirmation over me, and it really stuck. And then at the end of the year, on my report card, she wrote, Joey's been a pleasure to have as a student, and he is a leader. And I, my mom read it to me. I'm like, yeah. But all I did was a couple times through the year, I, I led our class from our classroom to the lunchroom. So it's not like I did a whole lot, right? But, but you know, she might have been just you know, saying something positive to me. I don't know, but it impacted my life. It's just, I still have that report card. That's how impacting that was. But then uh, a couple of years later, I'm, I'm in second grade. I believe it was second or third grade. And I'm in an art class and I'm the worst artist in this room, or I could say no one's any worse than I am. And I can barely do stick figures, right? And, and uh, I also had a problem with being really sloppy, uh, especially if glue was involved, you know. And so I had a best friend in, in, the, in the elementary school. Ivan Batty was his name. And Ivan was the most incredible artist I ever saw. He could freehand anything he saw. And so I asked him to give me some lessons because uh, I sat right next to him in that class and I was terrible. And he tried. And then he one day just looked at me and said, you must have other gifts, he said, because this is not one of your gifts. But he was a better athlete to me. And I'm like, well, what gift do I have? I didn't know. It took me a while to figure out if I had a gift or two. But uh, we're in art class now. And we had this assignment, and it went through the whole class. We had to draw a picture and then use the pipe cleaners, you know, those pipe cleaners, and glue them on top of our picture. So now I'm working with glue and, and, and it's just, I'm putting too much and it's getting on the sides. And you know how, how you try to clean it up and then dirt gets on it when you try to clean it up and all the glue or all the racer stuff gets on it. And so it's a mess. And I'm like, I, I'm giving it a hundred percent, little second, third grader trying. And so near the end of the class, the teacher comes up and she looks at me and gives me a look of disgust. You could, you could tell it was a tone. And then, and then she picks my picture up and she goes, class. This is the worst job anybody could ever do. This is, 
Look at how sloppy it is. Little Joey didn't try. He's a sloppy, just this is terrible. And my classmates are laughing. Uh, they, they continued it on the playground, and I got in some fights that day. And, and, uh, but here's why I share it. Up to that point, I was just one of the most pure kids you could ever be. But that was the first time bitterness and anger came inside me. And I had no idea what was happening. I just knew I hated that teacher. And, uh, and, and, and I just, it took me into my adult life after I accepted Christ to forgive that teacher. They're now in heaven. I think they made it. And uh, so, so they're in heaven. No, they did, they did. But they're in heaven. And they just weren't happy with themselves. But I didn't know that. What's a kid gonna think? You know, I'm just terrible, you know. And I knew I would never be Da Vinci the second, but I just, I just, that just was awful, guys, and it really hurt me. And that's when I learned that our words can really damage, and I didn't figure it out until I became older. So we're going to talk about how powerful our words is. And it's not just doing something ignorant like that. It's just, man, we can spoo life on people, or we can spoo negativity and death. So I just want us to see how powerful our words are today. And I have a big idea, and I kind of pulled from a commercial all of us are familiar with, but it's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. Our words can produce mayhem or transcendent men. That would be men and women. And so there's certain commercials I just love. Like, I'm not against Geico insurance, but I can't stand that lizard. And uh, I know he's not a person, but I don't like him at all. And, and I don't know why. It's just like, that's too silly. I can't buy it. But then, then I like Flo, you know? And I like her commercials. And she has one now where John Hamm's chasing her and she doesn't give him the time of day. And that just makes me laugh. But the most funny one is the Mayhem Man. And here it is, Allstate Insurance. And he's the GPS in a car here. And, and he causes them to get into an accident. And whether it's home or auto, uh, this guy is causing accidents. He's causing terrible things to happen at home. He's Mayhem. And, and then he says, insurance is the solution. Don't you wish there was an insurance policy we could buy for our words to help, help people, you know, but there, there's not. So go back to our big idea. Uh, our words can produce mayhem, just like the mayhem man does. And we can really mess somebody's life up with our words, or we can just make them feel blah. And have you ever been in a conversation and when the person leaves, it's just like, I like them, but man, I, I don't feel that good right now. It's just kind of a yucky feeling. So that's mayhem, right? And some minor, some some, some major, but, but then notice this, guys, uh, or transcendent men. And that word transcend means heavenly, uh, not of this earth, right, uh, divine. And all it's saying, guys, is we can really take people to the next level with our words. And that's important for you and I to understand. So this is good news. Um, th- this is for the majority. There's always outliers, right? But the majority of men speak about 25,000 words a day. And the majority of women speak about 50,000. But there's some women that only speak 25, and there's some men that speak 50 plus, right? So, uh, but the majority of men are 25. And at the end of the day, sometimes Gina wants to bring something up, and she'll bring it up. And and then she'll look at me, and she'll just see this glassy-eyed look, and she's like, you know, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I, I, I do believe you spoke all the words you can speak. And I'm like, yeah, I have nothing left, honey. Let's talk about that in the morning. And we'll get my 10,000 words out on that. And then I only have 15 left, but that's everybody else's problem, right? Um, but, but guys, listen to this, listen to this. <clears throat> that means, guys, we only have 25,000 words, the majority of us, to make it count, right? That's important. And ladies, you get a double dose, so you can make more happen than we can happen. But 
it's just interesting to understand it. If I look at it from that, it's like, I only have 25,000 words. I can either bring life to somebody or bring mayhem. And so I want to bring life to everybody that, that I'm around. So I'm going to read a text to you. It's pretty famous. Most of you know it. Um, and it's really, it's coming at it from the negative side. Sometimes God words, God's word makes us want to see uh, the negative side. But other scriptures give us the positive. So we'll look at the positive in a moment. But very famous. It's James 3.2 is where it starts. And I'm only reading a few of the verses. We all stumble in many ways. and Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. That's why here at Believers, one of our core values is no perfect people allowed because none of us have reached perfection, right? Uh, but notice it is, uh, what they say is, is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. And I think that's amazing. Our words can actually cause us to go down the right direction or the wrong direction. And of course, they impact people. Verse six reads this way. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. And that would be our words coming off of our tongue. It corrupts the whole body. Think about that, us and other people. Um, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Isn't that terrible? And is itself set on fire by hell. All that means is, you know, the devil's the accuser of the brethren. And so if we don't watch it, we'll speak the words he wants spoken over people to take people down. We'll speak them over ourselves to take ourselves down. So again, I told you it was negative, uh, but, but listen to verse seven. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. I remember the first time I saw someone get in a tiger's cage when I was a kid. Uh, and, and it's like, whoa, I mean, that's one big beast, right? And I thought they tamed him enough to get in the cage with him. Uh, so you can tame any animal, big or small. But it goes on to say, um, creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. All this is saying is without the help of God, we're, we're not going to... Uh, be able to tame this baby. This baby wants to let loose, and we all know how it is. We know what we have to do, and, and so many of you have tamed it with, with the next thing I just want to talk about for a moment. This was last week's lesson in a sense, but here's, here's, here's the statement. Our words are impacted by the amount of God's word we placed inside of us, and that's, that's how we can tame, right, uh, our tongues. But then we still have to make a mental effort. I'm going to tame this baby, right? So listen to Luke 6, 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. This is Jesus, by the way. Pretty impactful if it's Jesus. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that's just important for us to know. It, it, whatever we focus on the most and fill ourselves up with, which sometimes we have to focus on non-biblical things, right? We have to study. Uh, we have to focus on our job. That's okay. Um, I'll tell you a funny story from our family. Um, I have five brothers. They're all Pittsburgh Stiller fans. I'm the only Browns fan in, in our family. And, and uh, they razz me a lot, you know. And and uh, but now thankfully Pittsburgh's having a Browns kind of year, so now you're dealing you're dealing with uh, you know keeping happy in spite of right. So so uh, my brother Tony, the 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 just Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so he conquered this right after he was married. But uh, Tony so loved the Steelers and he meditated on them so much. He knew the stats of every player back in the day. He knew what they 
did at the Combine, how fast they ran the 40, what college they played at. I was never that deep with the Browns, you know. And, and uh, so it just, no matter where you were, he'd talk about the Stillers, the Stillers this show, the Stillers that show. And then he got married and his wife said, enough of the Stillers, Tony. Um, I'd like to talk about other things, right? And so he had to change his focus. But I just say that it, whatever you're filled with, good or bad, it's going to flow out of you. So last week, uh, what if we flooded ourselves with the word of God? And that's what this next scripture says. Uh, listen to this. Um, it, it's, it's Proverbs 16, 23. A wise person's heart controls his speech. And what he says helps others learn. So if we fill our heart with the word of God, guess what we can do? We can control our speech, which means we can control our tongue. So we can't do it on our own. We can't tame it on our own. But if we flood ourselves with the word of God, uh, we can begin to have life come out of us. But we also have to make a conscious decision. That's down the road in this lesson. We'll talk about it. But here's one of the most favorite verses ever. I chose the Message Bible because they, they make the second half make sense. It's Proverbs 18.21. Words kill. Words give life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So our words can be a blessing. Fruit's sweet, you know. If this was written today, they would say they're either poison uh, or they're sweet, like a Dunkin' Donuts cream stick with chocolate frosting on it, right? Because once you eat that, fruit's not that sweet. But, 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 you know, the next day, if you stay away from the start with fruit, it becomes sweeter. And so all he's saying is our words can be sweet, do something really positive, or they can really cause mayhem, right? They can be poisonous. And that has to do with what we speak to ourselves, but also today we're talking about what we speak to others. So we, we want our words to really bring life. And uh, there's one thing I thought I should deal with at this moment. And I realized, uh, you know, in this service, there's probably only 20 people this apply to. So uh, the rest of you, thank me. Thank you for allowing me to deal with these 20 people that struggle with this. Um, uh, and, and so it, it has to do with this, guys. Uh, uh, we must avoid gossip, right? And I know there's only a few of you that deal with gossip. Um, but gossip is revealing people's faults, uh, re revealing their shortcomings. And it reminds me of a story with three preachers. There were three pre preachers, and they went out on a boat, and they're fishing. And they're just hanging out together. And then there was a God moment. It's like God moved, right? And so the first preacher, he, he was a Baptist preacher. Uh, he just said, guys, uh, you know what? I just want to share one of my faults with you. I'm really struggling with this. I need your prayer. He said, I struggle with girly magazines. And so the Catholic priest is on the boat. He goes like, well, we're going to pray for you, you know? And then the Catholic priest thought, well, I'm, I'm going to be transparent. And he said, uh, you know, guys, he said, I struggle with nipping on the bottle a little bit too much. You know, I, I drink wine in every mass I do, and it's just become a little bit of a problem. And, and so uh, the Baptist preacher goes, man, we're going to pray for you. And, and, and the Pentecostal preacher, the third guy in the boat, never said a word. And so the Catholic priest and the, Pente and, and, and the Baptist preacher look at the Pentecostal preacher, and they go, what about you? What do you struggle with? And he goes, oh. I struggle with gossip and I can't wait to get to shore, man. I just can't, I can't wait. He's like, I'll deal with that tomorrow, but I'm not going to deal with it now, right? Um, <laughs> so it's my third service saying, and I still, it just makes me laugh, right? Um, but I'm simple. It doesn't take much. So, so guys, listen, listen, listen. My son, Pastor Joe Jr., he, he emailed me. He said, you're probably going to talk about gossip uh, in this lesson. He goes, here's something that came to me. He's 
I could never be this creative, but in regards to gossip, it goes like this, because the lost and dying world can't hear the gospel over our gossip. And I thought, that's a good reason to try to overcome gossip because uh, it can hurt our testimony where people won't want to listen to us because of it coming out of our being, right? And I thought, that's really good. I told Joe, I said, I'll share it and pretend it's mine. But then I got convicted and said, I'm going to let everybody know he gave that to me. But uh, let me share a couple of really cool verses with you. Uh, Proverbs 26, 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. No need to explain, right? And without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. And that could be anything negative. And all it's saying is uh, gossip can be like wood on a fire. And if you just don't do it, there's going to be harmony, right? Our words can cause mayhem or transcendent men. And, and I love this one, Proverbs 17, 9. One who conceals an offense seeks love, but one who repeats a matter separates close friends. And so that would be gossip, right? Repeating a matter. But I like the first part. One who conceals an offense seeks love. And you know how the Bible tells us love's really important. Now, there are some things you can't hide, but you can share them with the right people, right? If you find out someone's a pedophile, you, you have to talk to some authorities and you have to deal with that, right? There's certain things you just have to say. So I'm going to share a story. No, nobody here will know who I'm talking about. It's, it happened about 20 plus years ago. But a woman in the church came up to me and she let me know there was a guy in the church having an affair. So this guy was married and he was having an affair with another lady in the church who was married. And so she said, I just believe you need to know this. And, and I thanked her. So I, I asked the guy if we could talk and what a tough subject to talk about, right? And I said, hey, uh, I'm not sure if this is true, but so-and-so told me, you know, you're having an affair with so-and-so. And, and, and thank God, he immediately said, that's true, that's true. But then he did this, he goes, I can't believe she would be a gossip and share that with you. And I said, well, well, she'd be a gossip if she shared it with everybody else, but she just told me, and she had to. I said, because you're impacting this, this lady's husband, you're impacting your wife, and, and I need to help you become free, you know? So I never said anything to anybody. We kept it quiet, but, but I thought that's interesting. He was mad, but really sometimes you have to tell authorities certain things so it can be dealt with. So I don't want you to think I'm saying, you know, hide bad things. No, no, but listen to it again. Uh, one who conceals an offense seeks love. That's just, you know, every day sharing someone's faults, their failure. Uh, keep it to yourself. If you have to tell an authority, do. Uh, because we don't want to separate. We don't want to cause mayhem with our words, right? So uh, we want to avoid gossip at any cost, but let, let's go positive now. Can, how about this? The power of positive words. And this, let, can we talk about that? So for those of you that are my age, around my age, we grew up with this saying, and I don't know if it's still around, but sticks and stones may break my bones, but names or words will never hurt me. So we, we all know that. And you know, that's not true. <laughs> it's partially true. Uh, sticks and stones can break your bones. And so I'm a freshman and uh, I'm playing football on our freshman team. Our varsity was playing and I played for JFK and, and uh, they were playing at the old South High School. So I went to the game and I'm up in the stands and there were a bunch of fights that night around the grounds. Uh, but I'm just watching the game, minding my own business. And somebody from the other team uh, came behind the stands and they threw a rock up at us. And I didn't see it coming. I'm looking at the game. And it hit me right here in the jaw. And it literally, I saw stars. And then it took a whole chip of my bone out. And, and boy, 
I felt it. Now, I, 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 I'm a guy, so I didn't go to the doctors till later. But guys, it hurt. But you know what? It got better. But it took me decades to deal with what my art teacher said over me, right? So uh, sticks and stones can break our bones, but words, I think, hurt even worse. And so, but positive words can bring healing in people's lives. And that's, that's really something we want to remember. And, and, and listen to Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like a sword. So we just talked about that, right? But the tongue of the wise brings healing. And, and our tongues can literally bring healing. Now, we'll talk about in a future lesson how we can help bring healing to ourselves, physical healing even, by our words. But this is talking about emotional healing. And just think about this. We live in a, a world where people are really hurt. It's a tough world to live in. And there are a lot of people that have worse stories than my art room story, right? Art class story. And so our words can literally bring healing into people's lives. And that's, that is so amazing. Uh, bring people to another level. Help wash some things off of them that maybe their parents not knowing put on them or uh, teachers or family members or life itself, other kids and how they teased them, what they said to them. And, and I like Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And can I just stop there for a moment? The word corrupt, it's not referring to a cuss word, although that would go under the category. But corrupt just means rotten, useless words, words that don't benefit. So uh, the word let is a key word. That means we can make a mental note Today, I'm not going to allow the wrong words to come out. I'm going to allow the words in the second half to come out. So even though we fill up with the word of God, we can still let loose if we don't make this. This is what I was talking about. Just make a decision. I'm I'm going to make today words of life to come out. So let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, uh, but what is good for necessary edification. That word just means to build someone up, right? To bring life to them, that it may impart grace to the hearer. So I want us just to make, make a decision. I'm going to show you some next steps of action we can do to make this happen. But we want our words to bring life. We want them to bring healing. And think about it. That can happen with your kids because some of your kids are going to go through what I went through with their friends, with teachers, but you and I can be the ones to speak life to them. So it took me forever to do this. I, when we first had kids, my wife would take me aside and say, you know, there's a better way to correct your kids. Because all I could see is they need corrected, right? And, uh, and so I was just doing what my parents did. And I had great parents who loved us deeply, but they came from the old country. And they, they way outdid their parents. But, you know, uh, one day I was just letting my kids have it because they did the wrong thing and just, just telling them, I can't believe you're this bad. I can't believe you did this. Uh, or if they didn't clean their rooms, you guys are little piggies, oink, oink. And I would just go crazy on them. Uh, all in the name of correcting him. And Gina would pull me aside and say, honey, there's a better way to do this. And so I, I pulled the parent card. I said, my parents did it. It worked. And she goes, did it? She goes, um, <laughs> she goes, what did it do to you? I said, oh, it made me a little negative and bitter. She goes, right. She goes, uh, and you knew your parents loved you, but it's not good to speak those words over people. So, so she, she worked with me. And then God brought me another incident that took me to this level. And here it is. Uh, we can look past people's faults and speak to their gifts and their abilities, right? And we can do that with our kids. We can do that if we supervise people. Uh, we can do that with our relatives. We can do that with anybody. So I'll tell you another story. So you already know how I was struggling. Gino's working with me. 
And so uh, all of our kids had leadership gifts, but I wasn't looking for them when they were young. You know, I, I, I didn't know you should look for those things and their abilities. And uh, so our son, Joe Jr., you know, he had a leadership gift, but uh, it came to me, it looked like he just rebelled and decided not to listen. So we had a Christian school here called Word of Life Christian Academy, and Joe came to school here, so it put a lot more pressure on me, you know. We had teachers that went to other churches, and, it, and some came here. It just put a lot of pressure on me if our kids didn't behave. And so Joe thought it was not a good—we had a rule. You had to tuck your shirts and wear a belt, and he just— didn't think that was a good rule. So he was getting detention after detention. And uh, he, we'd make him leave with the shirt tucked in, the belt on, and then he'd come to school. He'd take his shirt out, put his belt in his locker, and just get another detention. And then I'd correct him, and nothing was working, and I'm barking at him, man, you, you shouldn't do that. You're making mom and I look bad, and I'm just letting him have it, right? And so one day I heard he did it again. I don't know, the fifth, sixth time, whatever. And so I thought, he's at the principal's office. I'm going to go give him a double dose of discipline with the principal. And so I walk into the principal's office, and there's a receptionist, and and, and Ted's door's open, and I hear laughing coming out. And I thought, that doesn't sound like discipline to me. And, and I walk in, and there's a sleeve of Oreos out, and Ted and my son are eating Oreos and cracking up. And, and so Joe sees me, and that just ruins. He probably got a stomachache after that because now he knows I know. And, and so I said, hey, Ted, Ted was the, t- the principal, Ted sat, and he pastors in Newcastle. And I said, can Joe go back to class? He said, yeah, sure. And so Joe goes back close to the door. I go, Ted, you're supposed to crack him and discipline him. He won't listen to us. He's a rebel. And, and here's Ted. If you knew, knew him, you know. Goes, oh, brother. He goes, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. I said, but he needs discipline. He's rebelling. He goes, brother, he's a good kid kid. He goes, I, I have boys older than him. Believe me, he's a good kid. And I said, but Ted, you're not to, he said, he said, I coached him up. He goes, I coach. I never heard coaching up in my life. I didn't know what coaching up was. And, and so I, I said, Ted, he needs discipline. He goes, listen, brother. And this first time I heard this, he said, he has a leadership gift in him. Don't you see it? I go, I, I'm just so upset. I don't look, I'm, I'm just want him to listen. And uh, he said, there's a leadership gift. And he thinks this is a dumb rule. And so when someone's that young, you know, he was like a fourth or fifth grader. When someone's that young and they have a leadership gift and they think a rule's done, they're not going to follow it. And he goes, that's all we're dealing with here. He said, we just have to deal with him as a leader and coach him up. And so he had a long conversation with me. Gina was so happy. She's like, I was telling you the same thing. I go, I know, but I needed another person to tell me to get it, right? And, and so it changed my life. And so as a supervisor then, uh, I began to just, I, there's times when you have to deal with things, right? And as a parent, but I, I began to deal with things by asking myself first, uh, what are their abilities? What are their gifts? Why is this happening? And, and then to begin to speak to that and try to bring things out of them. So for parents, just I needed coach, as you just heard. Um, look, look for the reason why. Look for the gifts. Look for the abilities. Not that you don't have to you know, discipline kids, but ask yourself, what's really going on? And what can I speak to to bring them to the next level? And it changed the way I do everything. So times when I have to correct, a, you know, an employee, uh, but, but you know what? I do it so different now. And, 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 uh, but I don't give them that compliment sandwich, you know. Uh, man, you're so awesome in this area. But I can't believe you did this. But you're really awesome. And uh, we, we don't want to do that. Uh, there's a way to do it. So I don't, I'm not teaching on that today. I'm just telling you, man, look to the gifts 
look to the abilities and begin to speak to that. So can I talk to uh, two other things here that I think can be really good coaching moments for us as people? Um, If you have a a prophetic gift, and some of you may have never heard that word. If you have a prophetic gift, here's what happens. You see people's faults. You just, and it's almost spiritual. It's like supernatural. You just see people's faults and God shows you. But here's what you have to know. God shows you so you can pray for them, right? And when you see people's faults or you hear about people's faults, you have to make a decision. I'm not gonna treat them and address them according to their faults. I'm gonna look past that and I'm gonna deal with their gifts and their abilities. And I'm gonna speak to that. So if you're prophetic, you have to just say, all right, God's showing me that so I can pray for them, but I'm not gonna treat them because like of their failure. I'm not going to label them and just treat them that way. I'm gonna look past all that. If something needs to be dealt with, we'll deal with it. But I'm gonna begin to speak life into them. And those are the sticking points I had that Ted really helped me with. And guys, I'm hoping I'm helping you, but can, can I give you a couple next actions? These really have helped me. And they're pretty simple, guys. They go like this, think before you talk. Isn't that simple? Um, has anyone ever shared something with you whether, or you saw your kids do something or an employee or whatever, if you're a supervisor and your blood boils, has your blood ever boiled? You almost see black, you know, like you just like, I can't believe they said that. And those are the times when you say, you know what, I'll deal with this tomorrow, maybe a couple days from now. And, and you think, and you, and you take it to God and say, man, I'm really upset about this, God, but I need your wisdom on how to deal with this. And you never want to deal with something in your anger, right? So you just, you hold it off. And I have dealt with things in anger and it never comes out good. So think before you talk, here's a great scripture, uh, James 119b. Uh, now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Uh, verse 20, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. So uh, God's just saying to us, man, think before you talk, give it to me, let me help you. And the second action step is really simple. Ask God for help, right? Here's a prayer. It's a, it's a psalm. It's, it's a prayer. Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard, Lord, over my mouth, right? Set my lip, Lord. And then uh, keep watch over the doors of my lips. So uh, there's times when I just say, Lord, I want to go through my day. And I just ask you, put a guard on my mouth. Help me, Lord. Help me say only words of life because our words can cause mayhem or they can bring or create transcendent men and women. And so I found if I do these two things, they really help me. Remember, we we, we just simply make a decision. I'm going to let my words be words that edify. So uh, I learned as a parent. So I eventually got it. My kids were still young enough. So they only need minor counseling now. But, uh, y- you, know, uh, you know, but we told our kids, uh, we, we said, you know, uh, if, we'll pay for your counseling if we cause the problems for you. Because um, we really did our best. And, you know, kids figure that out. They figured mom and dad did their best, right? Um, uh, and so that's important. But now as a grandparent, uh, I, I let everybody know. I let my kids know. I only have one job. That's words of affirmation. They go, you can correct. No, no, no. That's your job. You get the pleasure of correcting them. I just speak 
affirmation to them, right? And just words of life. So that's how I see it. Now, if I babysat them all the time, I'd have to do some correcting, but I would try to coach them up, right? I don't know about you. I hope you learned something today. I want to ask you a question. Are you excited that the word of God can tame our tongue and that we can make some conscious decisions to tame that tongue and we can speak life over people? If you're excited in Borman here in Warren, uh, our online community, can we give it up and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, my. Hey, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Uh, Father, Father God. Oh, man. Lord, we just take a moment, and I know how much of a struggle I had and still deal with this sometimes in my life, Lord. And and here's our heart's prayer. Uh, Lord, help us. Help us speak life. And Lord, some are like me. Our very personality is the glasses half empty. Lord, help us uh, if that's who we are. And Lord, help take all of us to the next level. And we just ask you as we walk through this week, would you point things out to us and let us know, hey, this is an area where you can improve. And so heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Uh, can, Can you just continue to whisper to God whatever you need in this area? And while you're doing that, Uh, Maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. And that's why Jesus came. He came to die for our sins. He took our punishment so we wouldn't have to. And God gave us words that literally can bring us into his family. And here are the words. Jesus died on a cross. God placed all of our sins on him. He was buried, spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Then God raised him from the dead and Jesus is alive. And the Bible teaches if we Uh, repent and call on his name, he'll save us. That's pretty, pretty exciting. So right now, I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you uh, if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great, important things. But here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day in your life when you, from your heart, said, Jesus, I realize you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my Savior. That's when the Bible says God literally washes our sins away and he literally causes us to be born again. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, that's me. Whether you're an online community over in Borman here in Warren, guys at TCI Correctional Facility, if, if that's you, would you pray with us right now? The rest of us, can we pray so they can hear us? Can we join them? And I know you've already prayed and made Jesus your savior, but let's help them out. And if you're praying for the first time, simply mean it. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. You came to earth to die for our sins. That God raised you up out of the grave after you paid that price. And this day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. 
Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.